I'm Amy, and you're listening to the Creativity Matters Podcast. Today on the Creativity Matters Podcast, a year of the tree, ornaments, a really nice book to look at, and more. Here we go. You're listening to the CMP, a Creativity Matters Podcast. Stories of creative journey and a reminder that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Creativity Matters podcast. I'm Amy, and this is episode 480, Ornaments. And it is pouring out my window, and I am hearing that whoosh of that as I try to record. So if you hear even more background noise than normal, it's the rain. So I am here. I planned to share the last of the November shows. I fully intended to do that. But we are already almost smack dab in the middle of December. And it is a month that goes so quickly, so fast, and yet has such potential to feel soft and slow and peaceful and calm It really is such a dichotomy between the flurry and the energy, that crisp chill in the air, and something so much more relaxed, so much more restful and mindful and contented, peaceful overall. I basically decided not to finish out the November shows, other than a short closing note here today. The trailing days of November were very short. The notes are there. The gratitude was recorded. It was a good series for me to work on personally. It was a very good month of gratitude reflection and musing and recording and writing. And that was enough. That was enough. It didn't have to be more than that. And I didn't feel like It necessarily mattered beyond myself. So just two quick notes from the final days. Day 22. There are a lot of times when I have to drive someone to an appointment, a this or a that, and I sit in the car and wait. Today I parked and I got out to walk for a few minutes. It's a nice little area, oddly quiet and slow. There is a little triangle patch with benches and sidewalks and lots of trees. The last few times, I've walked across the street, down a bit of sidewalk that runs along the edge of the bay. There's a bar and restaurant on the corner with a mermaid sign that I love, and the front of the building is paneled from reclaimed strips of wood, from boats, I think I read. It's full of color weathered golds and blues and browns and greens. I just love the look of it. Today, though, I didn't think it would be long, and so I started off walking just around the little triangle. And then I noticed the yellow trees, a bunch of yellow trees. As I got close enough to see, I was surprised to realize that the first three in a line right in front of me were ginkgo beautiful golden ginkgo. But there were yellow trees all around the perimeter, all different. It was such a surprise 
and it made me smile. It's funny to look back at this month, this tiny collection of musings on gratitude in this specific month and year, and realize there are multiple notes about trees. Something in me this month has really responded to these beautiful yellows and golds. And today, I felt profoundly glad to simply have noticed. Day 28. I am grateful for this month. It has been a different month than I expected, and it has felt like a month that moved quickly, silently. When we really stop and think about individual days and how they add up, a small pile of moments and memories we hold in our hands, pebbles that clank one against the other, we face the reality of how quickly time passes. The best we can do is to find our own balance between embodying the present and grasping at the slivers of reality unfolding to hold in our memory. What we hold in our hands may, in fact, be sea glass, but that reality may not become clear until we look back later the edges smoothed and softened by time. I have been grateful for many things this month, but I also know that the blossoming of gratitude and the quiet and calm it brings is a fullness that doesn't always require listing, that doesn't demand a litany of small things or big things. The mantle as we settle into it has fewer edges. And yet, any time we are lost, a simple list can help us regain our footing, help illuminate the path. And so now, now we move forward with December. So I have a book for you today. I randomly checked out a whole bunch of books recently, things that I noticed the library had, titles that caught my eye as I was looking for some holiday things. And one of those is a book called Tree of Treasures. A Life in Ornaments by Bonnie McKay. I was excited to see the title. That's a great title. Tree of Treasures, A Life in Ornaments. How perfect, right? You know immediately what this book is. But it's also really different. It's really unique. I love cataloging a life and capturing a life in all kinds of different ways. And our knickknacks on an individual level, at a family level, a household level, our knickknacks can really do that. They really can. And in this case, it's ornaments. Very cool. I was curious about it. Ornaments had been on my mind, of course, as I worked on the December prompt list and as I thought about December and as I thought about my illustrated journal and the things that I normally or often draw in these weeks, these weeks of each year. When I think back, I have fond, sort of faded and soft, but fond, fond, because faded and soft is sometimes exactly what I most treasure when I look back, faded and soft memories of years in which I have drawn and focused on ornaments. And at least one, maybe more, in which drawing ornaments was really 
a way for me to find my way back to my drawing and my illustration and my pages, my journal, all of it. A way for me to slow down, to reconnect with that part of me. It isn't really a secret that I didn't even take the Christmas tree down this year. Initially, when I didn't do it, I thought we would probably go a couple of months and then take it down. There have been other times when we've waited a while, but every time I would suggest that we go ahead and take it down, someone else would say, I like it. And so it became in my head the year the Christmas tree stayed up. It's the only year we've ever done it this way. Part of me felt like there was a reason for it. Part of me felt like my internal agreement, my decision to go ahead and leave it up was for a reason. Part of me thought from the very beginning, there is some reason that I am leaving this up. Some reason that it really is going to be important that this was the year the tree stayed up. The first few months of the year had some rocky points, some scares, and I held the idea of this year the tree stayed up really closely. I was really attached to this because I just knew that somehow it was going to be symbolic. Now, the year almost over, maybe not, but still, it's the year the tree stayed up. And it's a little bit strange to realize that it really has been a whole year and it really wasn't difficult at all. Throughout the year, there were times when we would ask each other, is this really odd? And do we even care? No one else comes to our house. And so as long as we didn't care, it really didn't seem to matter. And as long as we didn't really need the space that it's taking, it didn't seem to matter. And so we left it, and it just became a part of the landscape of this little space, this little living room, this little part of our house. I did leave the lights off most of the year. I only turned them on a few times. I felt like at least that was preserving something that would be different in December when I would start to turn them on again. I know that we worried that the tree might lose its feeling of magic and wonder and being special by being up all year. Maybe to some extent that happened a little bit, but I don't personally really think so. But maybe it became so familiar, yes, it's now such a part of the house as if it has always been there and couldn't be any other way. Already, it makes me a little sad to think about that space being empty later. It's just been there all year, quietly standing there. And in that way became something that you didn't really pay much attention to. It was just there, part of the consistent feel of the room. When Thanksgiving rolled around, nothing had to be carried up. Nothing had to be set up or fluffed. We didn't have the ritual day where we put it up and everyone bickers and then we get pizza. Although really in the last many years that has changed and we started putting it up over a period of days. Everything changes. Traditions sometimes 
traditions change. And so now we are in December. And I was sitting in the car one day this week waiting for someone. And when I got ready to leave the house, I took things for work, a keyboard and my phone that can get me through a couple of work hours while I wait. But I also grabbed my bullet journal and this small book about ornaments. Tree of Treasures, A Life in Ornaments. It was sitting on my table next to me when I was packing up to go, and so I grabbed it. It's just the right size to sit on my bullet journal. It was this little stack of possibility, and it was perfect. Once I was parked, I did some work, and then I pulled out this book. I wanted to see what it was about. I had flipped through it just enough to know that it is a book full of individual pictures of ornaments accompanied by text. So I sat and I looked through it. I didn't read every single story in full, but this is a charming, charming book. And if you have a love of ornaments, or if you have traditions that include or hinge upon ornaments, I encourage you to check this out. See if your library has it. Check it out. Flip through it. I think you'll really enjoy it. Look at the pictures, read the introduction, and then be inspired to think about your collection, your traditions, your life with ornaments, and the history that ornaments hold. Ornaments are really special to me, and yet I have never systematically logged them or categorized them or done any kind of chart of them or made a database of them. I don't have a notion set up for ornaments, although now I don't know why I don't. Because in looking at this book, I realized that maybe I should have done all of those things or should do all of those things. I really do love to read introductions. More and more, I find that to be the case. I think I'm going to just write a book that is just a series of introductions personally. Anyway, a few quotes from this introduction. In her intro, Bonnie McKay explains her history with ornaments, with collecting ornaments, and with the special place they hold for her. She writes a bit about her childhood and about her parents and her father dying when she was young, and how her life and her obsession or passion for ornaments evolved as she grew up. Talking about her early years after her father died and she and her mother had moved but then she moved back to live with family when she was 12. She writes, quote, As I adjusted to a new life, my loving extended family provided stability. It was a consolation to sit in my grandmother's cozy blue brocade stuffed chair, looking at the tree, with its decorations placed so beautifully by my aunt. It was my place of comfort and peace. Each ornament was part of my heritage and had stories to be discovered. End quote. And then we reach this point where she says, quote, Now, each year in December, I unpack my treasured Christmas ornament collection and take stock. I've collected almost 3,000 ornaments and I am still adding more. I find them everywhere from stores to street fairs and I receive them as gifts from friends, family, and my husband. They have been both my avocation and my vocation, end quote. So at that point, I stopped with the 3,000 ornaments. 
in my head. Now, I definitely stopped right then because my mind was blown. I can't even fathom that collection. That's huge. I spend so much of my time now thinking about and talking about and striving for minimalism and simplification and less 3,000 ornaments. Wow. Wow. She has this really large curated collection. Her tree in the photo at the beginning of the book, it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous photo. It's huge. And she says that she has classified her collection using a range of 67 different ornament classifications. Quote, from ornaments that represent my mother, to traditional Christmas symbols such as Santas and wise men, to animals including rabbits, bears, cats, and boars, to more unusual groupings such as message ornaments and ornaments that celebrate rabbits and royals. So she has a page before the pages start that show all the ornaments. She has a page where she lists all of her ornament classifications. And it is a really diverse list. It's very interesting. And I really just want to read them all. And so here we go. Let's see. My mother, my silk treasures, celestial, angels, and there are a couple of subcategories there, dolls, clowns, shoes, socks, quilts, clothespins, Wizard of Oz, raggedies, planes, trains, and automobiles, TikTok, Scandinavia, Scotland, Japan, India, Africa, rabbits and royals, bears, cows, sheep, horses, boars, elephants on parade, cats go wild, rabbits rule, doves, birds, under the sea, butterflies are free, garden, eggs, hearts and minds, messages, that's entertainment, origami, alpacas, dress them up, tin molds, cooks, kitchen, tea and coffee, fruit, carrots, vegetables, clappers, good witches, film, collectors, Bob to me, and Bob is her husband, crystal clear, color, Santa, snow ladies and men, my Christmas trees, candy canes, pine cones, wise men, Kimble, funky friends, the world turns, pig and bunny, buildings, nativity, deer, and mutant materials. That's a really interesting list. And your classifications would be different. Mine would be much different. So many of those are so interesting. That list in and of itself, to me, tells a story and gives me a real sense of her. What kinds of categories you make would say a lot, and the kinds of ornaments you have to categorize would say a lot. We would definitely have a robots category. So it's very interesting. So the book that follows then presents a beautiful photo of an ornament and a page or two, maybe just a paragraph or two, about the history of the ornament, its origin, its story, its significance. I'm sure this was such a wonderful memoir of sorts for her to work on, writing these stories and being able to capture and chronicle these stories is really impressive too. One of the things that I found most interesting was the range of styles and materials. When I first saw this book and what it was, I expected something totally different. 
in terms of the kinds of ornaments. So the range and diversity surprised me. Most of my ornaments are glass. Growing up, most of my ornaments were not glass. In the collection shared in this book, there are glass and fabric and patchwork ornaments. There are felt ornaments and figures. There are wood ornaments, paper ornaments, blown glass ornaments, and molded glass ornaments. There are silk ornaments. There are ornaments made from brass. There are enameled ornaments. There are crocheted ornaments. There are metal ornaments and many more. It was wonderful to flip through the book, honing in on stories of some of the ones that most caught my eye. I was struck again and again by the breadth of the collection, by thinking about the ones she had picked to include in this book specifically, from all of the ones she has. Why these? Why this mix? Her collection is a lot different than mine, and your collection, the kind of ornaments you love most, are probably also different. Maybe you have a themed tree or gravitate to a specific kind of ornament, and it becomes part of your story and your history, and this book is such a beautiful reminder of that. She tells a story in the write-up of a bird ornament about one year where an injury, a broken wrist, meant that decorating the tree might not be possible. Well, her husband said it wasn't going to be possible, and he said just lights, just lights. They ended up with a compromise, a decision to use just one of her categories of ornaments, and so she chose birds because many of them clip on, and you might have some of those in your personal collection too. They clip onto the branch. 100 birds on a tree that year. Bet that was an amazing tree. Back in the intro, she says, quote, On the tree, I see my life unfold. In my home in upstate New York, where my magnificent tree dominates the living room, too big to fit in any corner, I am transported back to my special spot in my grandmother McKay's Bentwood Mahogany children's chair, from which I observed the Christmas preparations. And then, quote, Each one of my treasured pieces represents a passage in my life the story of a family member, the history of my friends, my pets, and so much more. I see their faces in each one, which is why at the end of every holiday season, even broken elephants, reindeer, and angels are wrapped up and put safely away. They are so much more than mere decoration and will never be discarded. In my own way, I am painting a Christmas canvas with color, materials, and most important, stories. So it is a book that you might enjoy because I think seeing the pictures makes it a wonderful book to hold and ponder. And then it will inspire you to think about your own ornaments, maybe your style, your traditions. Maybe you'll be inspired to draw some of them. I started off December drawing nutcrackers. Surprised me a little bit, but I did. But I definitely didn't want to miss out on some ornament work. Because like I said, I really do hold that as something special in December. I think a lot of the ornaments that I have are hard to capture in line. There's something about how they look all together on a tree that makes me catch my breath. That's what's so beautiful. The holistic view of all of it. But individually, many of them, especially the blown glass ones, 
don't necessarily have crisp edges and details. They just seem more challenging for me to capture in pen and ink. But I have started picking one each night, pull something from the tree. I have been creative in terms of trying to set it up in front of me. I balanced one on a soda can and propped one on something else so that I could sort of get them hanging rather than laying. And then I've drawn them. And I've been thinking about the ornaments, about some childhood things, about where some of these came from, about the half memories that I can't quite sort out. And maybe this year, if I take the tree down, if, maybe I'll make an outgoing list as I remove the ornaments one by one. I think it's partly just curiosity that might lead me to do that. I mean, I make Notion databases of everything at this point. Partly curiosity. I wonder how many of this or that we have. And I think it would be nice to have a list. I definitely don't know the origin of most of them or the history or where they came from. And some of them came in sets. So it isn't quite the special factor of each one in the way that is the case in her book. But I still think it might be nice. And some of them do have history. And I can probably have someone else right now help me fill those things in, things I don't remember. And so now is probably the time to do it. So yes, curiosity, but also partly just a desire to order my world. So much of what I do, I think, boils down to that. I hope you are drawing. I hope you are recording. I hope that you are doing things in December that you love and enjoy and that you are trying as much as possible to slow yourself down so that you can enjoy these days. They do not have to be quite the flurry that sometimes happens. So that is my wish for you right now. I am the art. The art is me. And that is it for this show. That's it for episode 480. There will be at least one more at least one, possibly two, at least one. And then we will be at the end of this year and just have to see, just have to see. Thank you to those of you who did support the CMP after the last episode. I hope you enjoyed looking at and contemplating the additional December prompts. I appreciate you supporting the show in the way that you did. So thank you. As always, I'm Amy, and you can reach me at creativitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. The show notes are on the creativitymatterspodcast.com website. The music I play is courtesy of Nikolai Heidlis. You can find me at Instagram as oamyoamy, and I share the hashtag illustrate your week prompts there every Sunday. Until next time, remember that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. And don't forget to breathe. Have a good week, everyone.